Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the Problems bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. Tyler Reddick gets his second career win on another road course on the Indy Roval road course thing uh, on an insane, chaotic finish, pushing and shoving going into turn one. He edged out Chase Elliott again to win and uh, battled Ross Chastain. Uh, but we you know Ross Chastain got sent back for taking the little uh, Axis Road and Austin Sindrick and the other rookies, Harrison Burton and Todd Gilliland, take second, third, and fourth. Pretty impressive race. Uh, all-around chaotic race. What are your thoughts on it, David? Oh, I thought it was outstanding. Um, a lot of people don't like a lot of demolition derby because that's basically what this was. When you're driving into turn one, four wide, and you're just pushing one another around the whole time, causing a, a lot of wrecks. I mean, any type of wreck that you can think of happened Sunday at the Indy Road Course. So, you know, Kyle Larson lost his brakes, crashed into Ty Dillon, uh, and that, to me, was really scary because he mm -hmm. went into that corner so hot and just demolished both of their race cars. And then a lot of people are mad. Like, a lot of these drivers are mad. A lot of the crew chiefs are mad just because it seems like this was a race of bumper cars, basically. Let me use my car to bump you out of the way. I'm going to move you out of the way, which in most cases, a lot of people like. When you go to Bristol, people think, oh, well, yeah, well, you're going to move someone out of the way. But here, it seems to have the opposite effect, and the fans are mad, crew chiefs are mad, drivers are mad, and so I, it's kind of one of those weird instances where you kind of get what you're asking for, but then at the same time, you're not happy with it. So was it a good race? I think so, and I think it's good that Tyler Reddick won this race, won for the implications of him moving to another team in 18 months with 23-11, and when you saw them celebrate with his RCR Eight team in victory lane there were smiles all around and everyone seemed to be having a good time so it's kind of put this to bed also with richard childers saying that tyler reddick will drive the number eight rcr chevy next year and it's kind of made that whole situation a little bit more cohesive so all in all throughout the weekend i think there's a lot of different storylines and there's just a lot of different things that we can take from this weekend and for me I don't particularly like this Roval course. I mean, it produced, I think, a, a pretty decent pretty decent race. But for me, if we're going to go to Indy, I think they should be on the big oval. I, I do agree with that. I think in a best world situ situation, I think uh, if Indy could get another race, another date, and uh, why not run a back-to-back doubleheader race with... Uh, the first day on the road course and the second day on the oval. Something kind of like Pocono did, but on both circuits. But I think with this car and the history at, at Indy, I think this car would really run good at the flat, fast Indianapolis racetrack. And uh, I'd like to give it a shot next year. Uh, we've seen a race. Uh, we've seen two races on the oval or on the road course with the last gen car and now this this car uh why not switch it back over to oval and see what this car can do next year 
Uh, I think it would be a very exciting race. Um, but, you know, the race we had Sunday was uh, pretty crazy. It, uh, a lot happened um, from Chris Buescher catching on fire and then coming back to finish 10th. Kyle Larson and his uh, rack, uh, the Hendrick cars, the the fact that they kind of spun out blue tires and Chase Elliott coming up and battling, uh, trying to run down Tyler Reddick and him getting spun out on a restart. It's exciting, but it's almost too chaotic. You want you want a you want a little bit of insanity in a race. You want a little bit of bumping and banging, but when every restart goes five wide and they no one just everyone's just running into the back of people just driving through them it gets a little much it gets exciting but I think we would have saw a better battle if they didn't stack up and somebody didn't get into Chase Elliott's rear and they would have battled Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick would have battled for the lead but I don't think anyone was going to beat Tyler Reddick that day he just was was super fast. Even when Ross Chastain, he decided to go. He was on the outside four wide going into turn one. He decided, uh, I don't want to get my car destroyed. I'm going to go take the access road and see what happens. And uh, he did. He got penalized for it. But he started. He was in front of Tyler Reddick uh, going into the back straightaway. And he was a decent bit in front. But Tyler Reddick just drove him down super fast and passed him to win. Uh, but it was exciting. But... I'm not sure if we we really want to go back there. It's it's a very tight road course, and we know what's going to happen now. After we've seen it two years in a row, everyone's just going to drive hard into turn one and uh, just use the person in front of them as their brakes. Yeah, basically. And I think we're going to see this at least one more time. I've seen reports that they are going to run the road course again in 2023. So I know that we'll see this configuration on this track at least one more time but you're right i mean it you're four wide into that turn one on every restart and everyone's just trying to get as much as they can get every time and chase elliott wrecking that pretty much ruins his top two average finish over the past six races i mean he either Mm -hmm. won the race or finished in second in the past what five or six races yeah so he had an unbelievable streak going and i mean he's got four wins on the season i still think he's probably one of the favorites to win the championship or at least be in the championship for when we go to phoenix at the end of the year but a lot of people are confused about what happened to ross like just listening to sirius this morning a lot of people are saying well nascar shouldn't have penalized him or why did he need to stop he did not gain any positions but when you read the rules very clearly it says that if you blow through, they had a certain number of turns that you had to do a stop-and-go penalty, and turn number one is one of those. He went through that turn, like you said, decided, hey, I'm not going to mess my race car up here at the end of the race trying to force it into this turn and maybe take out half the field. I'm just going to use the access road. He didn't advance his position, but that's not really what the rules say. The rules say that if you come up on the end of the race – and you blow through one of those turns that are listed in the rules, and turn one is one of those, that you have to do a stop-and-go penalty in turn 12. Well, it being at the end of the race, NASCAR didn't really have time to enforce that penalty, and so the rules state that he gets 30 seconds tacked on to the end of his time, and so when that happens, he ends up finishing 
27th and i think nascar played it how the rule book was supposed to be played i mean and they communicated that to the teams and to the drivers and they said that if this happens you're going to get 30 seconds added onto your time and so that happened he finishes in the 27th position and daniel suarez finishes in 28th so this is the first time in a long time that neither one of the track house cars finished in the top 10 and i think that they read the rules correctly and they enforce the correct penalty so i don't know why some people are so upset with with that because that's just the way that the rule was written and nascar enforced the rule the way that it was communicated to the teams so i mean i get it but at the end of the day he blew through the blew through turn one and those are the consequences yeah it's uh he he said it in his post-race interview he kind of said like he knew he he was going to go through there and he knew the consequence but he wasn't going to make it into turn one there was there's no way he was going to make it he would have had to go through the grass kind of like a briscoe uh deal last year uh and we know briscoe got penalized for that too so most likely he would have gotten penalized either way so there's not much he could have done and also uh with Track house, both of their guys, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez, finishing 27th and 28th. And that final restart, they both started inside the top five. So, yeah, it's uh, it shows you that going into turn one, it, you were either gonna gain a bunch of positions or your race was over. And for those two guys, uh, obviously, Ross Chastain kind of did it to himself, but he really had no shot. And I don't think he would have made the corner. Uh, either way, and uh, Daniel Suarez just got stacked up in that junk, yeah. I guess, that big stack up of people in the back driving and people in the front trying to slow down for the corner. He was one that uh, just didn't get through it. And uh, how about Bubba Wallace? Not a guy we talk about on the road courses at all. And he finishes fifth, career best uh, road course finish, and also his third top 10 in a row. Good momentum for him, and I think this is something you uh, you look to because this wasn't one where he just kind of got through the mess. He was up there in the top 10 and drove, got into fifth, and finished the race there. I think uh, this is something that Bubba Wallace really needs to gain some momentum. He is in a must-win situation to get into the playoffs, as most people who are outside of the cut line are. Um, so I guess going to Watkins Glen, I still don't put him as a top road course driver or a guy to win a road course, but maybe this is, this is good for him. Maybe he can, can work on this and get better on the road courses, but, uh, another good day for him getting a top 10. Yeah, I agree. And there, there were a lot of people in this top 10 that had really solid race days. I mean, Logano came out of nowhere chewed up a bunch of positions there at the end of the race and ends up finishing sixth i mean he drove his car <laughs> through turn one like it just was on fire and so really good finish for him uh he's been kind of hit or miss here lately in the past month or so and then aj allmendinger finishing seventh i was really hoping i know that was it you did you pick him last week i can't um, remember it was doug doug i think doug yeah so he was so close to sweeping the weekend. I mean, he wins mm -hmm. the Xfinity race, and I think he's arguably probably one of the best road course racers in any of the you know top circuits of NASCAR right now. 
And so a seventh place finish for him. Michael McDowell, again, with another great finish, eighth place for him after the huge penalty last week. So kind of, you know, he's still showing that, hey, just because that happened, you know, we we're still we're still good. And then, like you said, Chris Busher, just a race of attrition, caught on fire, basically had to throw fire extinguisher into the car, sprayed the whole inside of the car, with the fire extinguisher. I think he said in his post-race interview, he's like, I could taste fire extinguisher for the whole rest of the race. So the car was never really the same. He said it smelled like smoke and somehow he finished his tent. So just a crazy, crazy finish for him. But, you know, all three rookies, uh, second, third, and fourth. So Cindric Burton and uh, Gilliland. So it, huge finishes here for, for this top 10. And I thought it was a pretty good finish for all of those in the top 10. Yeah, and another another point on AJ Allmendinger is uh, also dominated the Xfinity race, won that. But in the Cup race, he uh, lost his cool suit, which is the kind of in, inner shirt you wear under the fire suit that runs uh, water through it and cools your body down. That uh, failed working on him. And uh, as Todd was saying, I think a couple episodes back, if you have uh, standing water in your car, it's going to heat up and boil. So he was uh, running that car on fire, basically. You could say he was. He came out of the car, almost dropped to his knees, and uh, ran ran about forty laps with his helmet and cool suit failing. Uh, big race for him, and he had a shot to win it. But if you look through the top ten, this could have been a race that shuffled up the playoffs like dramatically, if. Harrison Burton or Todd Gilliland won. Yeah, they're outside. They're deep. Uh, depends how many playoff points they have to uh, secure a playoff spot, but that would shuffle it up a lot. And uh, Bubba Wallace, he was in a must-win position. He was in fifth. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger wouldn't have shuffled anything up because he is running a part-time deal with uh, Colleague Racing. So even if he won, he would not run the playoffs due to that. But Michael McDowell, Cole Custer, and Chris Buescher, all three of those guys— uh, in the top 10 who could have won that race and secured a playoff spot. So we got four races left, uh, Michigan, Richmond, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. If this road course uh, mystery of who's going to take it keeps going on, we could have another winner there, and then we also go to Daytona, which we know is going to be a wild card race. So we have a shot to get to 16 winners still. But going over that is going to be difficult with with Richmond and uh, Michigan. So I'm still not sure if we're going to get over it. I'm still hoping we do, uh, just for the fun of it. But Ryan Blaney had a good race, and he's now uh, almost secured in the playoffs, depending on if somebody wins or somebody doesn't. But it's going to be interesting as we run these last four races, um, because if Chris Buescher takes Watkins Glen... And somebody like, I guess, Michael McDowell, he's won at Daytona. Why, if he goes out why to not? Daytona, why not? He can win it, and he takes that race. That bumps out Truex and, and Ryan Blaney. So I, even though we have four races left, I would still put it, I still wouldn't put it away that we could get to at least 16 winners. Why not even 17? We Michigan. We don't really know what it's... We have a feeling on maybe it's going to be like a little bit like Kansas, uh, but maybe maybe it won't. We've seen the mile and a half to two mile. Obviously, Michigan's a little bit bigger, 
but they're fast and uh, they're the Toyotas have shown speed there a lot, and so have the Chevys. The Chevys have showed speed any, everywhere, though. Uh, so that could be a spot. Uh, Bubba Wallace could have a shot there. Obviously, uh, Kurt Busch went at Kansas. A little uh, Michigan's a little bit longer, but they're pretty similar. They're very fast and uh, and wide. Uh, so he could win there and shuffle it all up. This we still have no clue what's going to happen going into these last four races. All I hope is that uh, we see a little bit of a change at uh, Richmond from what we saw in the spring race, and uh, it, it's a very close and, and tight final four races of the regular season. Yeah, I agree. And one of the thing is we've been to two of these tracks before. The other two mm-hmm. we have not. So we have not been to Michigan yet. We have not been to Watkins Glen. So for me, Michigan is kind of the – the home track for Ford and Ryan Blaney. I feel like he's plus 121 right now. So he's in and he's got a pretty good lead in. It's not like anyone is going to, you know, jump up and, and surpass him. I think Kevin Harvick is minus 96. So it's not like Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Kevin Harvick is minus 96. And then Eric Amarola is minus 156. And then Eric Jones minus 175. And then the person on, you know, the, last person on the first four out is Bubba Wallace at minus 213. So there's no one in that first four out that I think is going to surpass Truex and Blaney in points. I mean, Blaney's plus 121, like I said, and then Truex is plus 96. So for them to surpass them in points, is it's almost impossible. I just don't think that they have mm-hmm. enough races. And, all, and both of those guys, Blaney and Truex, would have to have four terrible races in a row where they just DNF it. So I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. For me, Blaney's so close to getting a win. I think this year he has put together good races. He just hasn't had the finishes, and he's been finishing pretty consistently. I mean, he's still second in points overall. So I mean, it, it's which is crazy. He hasn't he doesn't have a win. Still second in points. He's been really consistent this year. He just has not been there at the end of the race. And this, I thought this year would be the year that he could kind of break out and win two or three races. And so going into Michigan, I think I'm, I'm really looking at him. I'm looking at Joey Logano. I think both of those guys have a good shot to win at Michigan and it being kind of Ford's hometown race. I think it would be very important for them to win there, but we haven't, we haven't been there before. We don't know what to expect. So it's kind of up in the air, but it will be a good breath of fresh air because it will be a very different race than what we saw Saturday in Indy where everyone just seemed to demolition derby everybody else. This will be a little bit more tame, and I think we'll see a little bit more uh, sportsmanship in this race uh, this weekend in Michigan. Yeah, Ryan Blaney, I think we could say this is his most consistent season of his Cup Series career. Uh, last year he did have three wins, but this year, yes, he has one win, but it doesn't count as for playoff points. He won the all-star race, but, uh, I guess the million dollars was just, that's his prize. He didn't get any playoff points. He's still on the verge of getting in, but I would say, I would say have him staying in because he'd either have to wreck the next four races and have Truex wreck with him uh and actually Truex would have to stay but if he wrecks the next four races and Kevin Harvick has four 
top five races and gets points in the stages, that's his only way of missing the playoffs. And it would be close with that. Um, and I just don't see Kevin Harvick doing that. I don't I don't see Kevin Harvick going in and finishing top five in a couple stages and winning a race or finishing top five in a race. I I just think this could be his last year. He hasn't looked as good as he ever as as he did last year, which wasn't as good as the year before that when he had nine wins. It's uh he he'll have a run and uh he'll run maybe top five, top ten, and then go the next week and stay in the top twenty and it's it's really on and off for him. So I would lock Ryan Blaney in and if he gets that first win, which could happen at Richmond or Michigan or Daytona or Watkins Glen, I think all those all those races are a good shot for him. He's a well-rounded driver, and he's won at Daytona a couple times. And uh, why not him winning at the other three tracks because he's consistent. But I think once he gets that first win, we'll kind of see uh, what Chase Elliott had. Uh, with him leading the points without a win for a while and then finally getting that win and then gaining the momentum to get another one and then stacking him up. I think we might see that a little bit, I would say, not as much as Chase Elliott did just because the Penske Ford cars haven't been as strong as the Chevys have. But I would say if Ryan Blaney gets a win, he will get another one in the short period of time close to when he got his first win. So I would look to him going far in the playoffs, but again, still not sure if he will make the playoffs, just depends on the next four races. I agree. But for me, the thing that's kind of hanging for Kevin Harvick, he hasn't won in, I think by the time we get to Sunday, it'll be almost 688 days. He's coming up almost on two years of not having a win, which is just unfathomable. But at the same time, do you think that Kevin Harvick has got this kind of monkey on his back or his mojo has been kind of off ever since he had the little spat with Chase Elliott and then ends up wrecking himself at the Roval thinking that Chase is going to wreck him? I think that has a big thing to do with Kevin Harvick's success here recently and or the lack thereof. Um, do you do you see it the same way? I I absolutely see it the same way. His last shot at winning a cup race, in my opinion – uh, and I think statistically wise was that Bristol night race between him, Chase Elliott and Kyle and uh, Kyle Larson. And he didn't win that. And ever since that race, uh, he hasn't had a shot to win since that. So uh, I think that has had some lingering effect to him. But uh, also he's an older driver. He's to the end of his career and adapting to this new car hasn't been easy at all for him. Um so, I don't know. He's going to have to do something to to prove to him that he should race another year. I I don't see why he, uh, he can't win. I, he's a very talented driver. He could definitely go off and win a race at Michigan. I, he's won there before. He's, he knows that track, but I just don't know if I could see him winning. It's weird because... We know Kevin Harvick. If you think of Kevin Harvick, you think of him uh, back in the day where he drove for Richard Childress and was winning races and running for championships. And then his last run for the championship when he got it at Stuart Haas was uh, 
about it. He had the nine nine win year, but when he missed the playoffs there, he just hasn't been the same since. And I don't know if we'll see him win another race again. I think it might be kind of like Jimmy Johnson, where he he got his last career good season and then just can't keep up with it and he'll end up retiring and doing something different maybe running Stuart Haas racing uh, helping Tony Stewart with that I could see that happening but I just don't know if he he has enough to make the playoffs he has to win I think that's the big thing he has to win one of the next four races and I just can't see him doing that I the Fords the Fords have been have been solid but they they haven't been consistent this year and uh I just out of all four drivers I would have Ryan Blaney winning before him and if Ryan Blaney wins before Kevin Harvick there I don't think there's a shot that Kevin Harvick will get in okay so I'm going to ask you another question out of these drivers I want you to tell me if they have a better chance of winning a race than Kevin Harvick Mm -hmm. Eric Almirola um, that's a weird one because he's oddly consistent sometimes, but he's also not, uh, I would say, I would say Kevin Harvick's got a better shot to win than Eric Amarola. Okay. How about Eric Jones? Uh, I think Eric Jones might have a shot at Daytona, but I still think Kevin Harvick would be a little bit better than him. And I think he's got a better shot than Eric Jones. Bubba Wallace. Um, that's one that I think, uh, just because of Bubba Wallace's recent success, the, the top five last week and the, and the top three at, uh, New Hampshire and then getting in the top 10 in between that, I think Bubba Wallace could have a shot at, at Michigan. Toyota has been good at those one and a half mile, uh, intermediate tracks. It's a two mile track, but he could be good there. And, uh, Daytona, he's always good at the super speedway. So I would have, Bubba Wallace winning a race before Kevin Harvick. Uh, How about Austin? Now I'm going to list off a couple more. Mm-hmm. Austin Dillon, Chris Busher, McDowell, Keselowski. Any of those guys? Uh, I Out of those four, I like Chris Busher and Michael McDowell. I think they're both good on the road courses. We have one of those coming up. And then they're, all, they're also both good at super speedways. So um, it's close between them. Uh, I just think, I think they're, they would be, they'd have the upper advantage to that just because they have two tracks that they've had success with in this car, uh, so far this year. So the interesting thing, all those guys that I just listed, they're all in the top 30 in points. So if they get a win, they will be in and then push Truex out. So, (laughs) which is, which is crazy, but I, I agree. I think we do have a chance to get to 16 winners. Um, I don't, I don't know if anyone that we just talked about, Harvick, Almirola, Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon, Justin Haley's in there, mm-hmm. Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Cole Custer, McDowell. Um, I think Brad Keselowski still has a chance to win, mm-hmm. and he's in the top 30 in points. He's 29th. And uh, Ty Dillon is the 30th. So I don't I don't know if any of those guys can win. I would, I'm kind of like you. I think that Truex and Blaney have a better shot to win, and then that gets us to 16 and – that could happen within the next four races, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just up in the air. That's why we run the races because yeah. we don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can sit here and pontificate about it, but it, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where we just, we simply just don't know who's going to win any given Sunday. Um, I, I would have to say out of all my time watching NASCAR, I think uh, 
they nailed this car perfectly because we're we're past halfway in the season and we still can't tell you who's a favorite to win. We could say Chase Elliott, but still don't pick him because you have no clue what's going to happen. And now that we're going to start to get into races that have been run before in the early parts of the season, we have two coming up uh, that we have run. Uh, we might see something we saw before, but we might not. And it's it's just such an unpredictable season as we go into Michigan. I I couldn't tell you who who's going to win. I think we've picked the driver every race uh, so far that we've done this podcast, and uh, none of us have gotten it. So it's it's been close, but we've we've had guys who are in the top five like we did last year. Me and you, David, or last week, we both picked the Trackhouse guys. They were they had a shot to win, but they didn't. Yeah, uh, they didn't come out with it. And I think we could have said Tyler Reddick was going to win that race, but did we really think Tyler Reddick was going to win that race before we ran it? I didn't think so. So I think this is just such an unpredictable season that the next four races physically could have four different drivers that don't have wins yet i i truly believe that that could happen i won't put money on it that it will happen but there's a possibility it's this season has been the closest we will get to to 16 winners until maybe next year and we still have a shot to get over that um but i think ryan blaney's gonna be our next winner if i would pick one um but I don't know. Truex is a little odd to me. I don't think he'll win a race, but I don't see him not making the playoffs. I I just don't I haven't seen enough from him. He I've known him as he's a good road course driver, but he hasn't he hasn't shown up at any of the road courses this year. And other than that, he's had a couple races where he's in the top five running for the win. Uh New Hampshire was one of them. He had a shot at it, but the car just kind of fell out of him. Once he got back in the pack and had to run through dirty air. He couldn't pass, so it's been an odd year for for the guys who have been consistent. If it's weird because the most consistent guys have seen are the ones who get their wins the latest. Like Chase Elliott was probably the most consistent guy all season, and he got his first win late in the late in the regular season. And Ryan Blaney's second most consistent. He's second in points, and uh, he still doesn't have a win. So it's kind of odd you you go off in in different areas and you'll win a couple races and then be dry uh it's it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting watching these next four races uh all all different tracks none of them are the same you can't build off of any of them and uh we we could possibly see 17 winners and i wouldn't put it away yeah me either the last little thing that i wanted to ask you about is there's a little bit of rumors floating out there that once Tyler Reddick leaves the number eight car to go to 2311, that Kyle Busch could end up over there at RCR. What, what, what do you think about that? I think it's possible, but I would the money that, that RCR would have to fund to pay uh, Kyle Busch would be a ton of money. And I don't know if that obviously Kyle Busch is going to put him in a, in a, chance to win but if I'm a team owner right now in the next three years I would rather have Tyler Reddick than Kyle Busch and it's because Tyler Reddick well if you look at it he's won his first career race before Chase Elliott did and now he's already got two wins 
uh, and he we know he's talented. We know he's going to be good, and uh, his he's got a really really short career so far. And you're going to put him in in a 23x sidecar, which we know they're good cars, and they're going to get better. Um, so I I don't know if if RCR would be willing to have the funding to pull up Kyle Busch uh, when they could look to one of their younger guys, maybe uh, Austin Hill or Sheldon Creed. They're both in the Xfinity series right now. Or pick maybe a guy like Noah Gregson. He can come up in the next couple years, and uh, they could put him in a car. He's going to be young, and I think Kyle Busch is, is a great Cup Series driver, but he's getting towards a point of his career where he's not going to be as competitive as the younger guys. And I think as a team like RCR, you're kind of in the middle of the road. Uh, in the Chevy group, you're below Trackhouse and you're below Hendrick and you're above uh, you're above the other Chevys. So you don't have a ton of money. And if you put it all on Kyle Busch and it doesn't really work out, you won't be sitting well. So if I'm, if I'm going to be, uh, the team leader, and I'm going to pick a guy, I don't know if I would put all my money to Kyle Busch. I think because you got another year with Tyler Reddick. So we yeah, know... They, they, they've said that. I mean... We Richard know Schilder that's going to happen. That. That's... It, it, they said it after the race. They said, well, he's going to be running the eight car no matter what happens next year. So Kyle Busch hasn't decided on anything for next year. We have no clue where he's going to go so far. And Ty Gibbs just ran a second race and put another top 20 race in two totally different tracks that he's running so far. So he, I think, why would you keep him in the Xfinity series, get him used to this new car and uh, get him ready to get in that 18 car? I would have Ty Gibbs going into the eight car next year over Kyle Busch just because he's younger. And I think he's got a better shot of having uh, a championship in the next couple years. I think if Kyle Busch doesn't do that, I think his career is over. So I have no clue where Kyle Busch would go, but I don't think RCR will pick him up just because of the money-wise. That's a that's a very valid statement. Yeah, so you got a pick for this race? Um, out there? I think I'm going to go Logano. I think Logano gets it for Team Penske. Okay, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go Alex Bowman. Why not? I think he'll turn his, turn his momentum around. Thanks, David. This is JC's Garage.